0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Womed. This is your weekly reminder to check out The Womed on Patreon. That's patreon.comslash The Womed. It's a fun place to connect with me and get not only early access to episodes, but ad-free episodes as well. I host monthly Q&A sessions too if you sign up on the NDE tier. And as an added bonus, if you sign up and leave a five-star review of the podcast, you will get a 30-ounce Womad Tumblr until they're gone. So check that out. Do that. All right. I have got a really neat episode for you today, and while my guest isn't a doctor or a nurse, she is a CEO, Lisa Morgan is a total badass who started her own prosthetic clinics that are mobile-based, making it easier access to patients. This is a really cool one, y'all. Prosthetics are not my wheelhouse, and I had, understandably, so many questions, and trust me, I asked all of them. All right, time for some NDE. This week's nerdy Energy is a shout out to everyone DMing me saying they're finally getting their vaccine. I'm so excited for you. Tons of teachers too. So shout out to science and the super brains that came together on a global level to find a way to protect us. If you want me to share your NDE moment, shoot me a message on the WOMED's Instagram page. I love to hear from you. Now, it's time to dig into this week's episode. All right, Lisa, welcome to the WOMED. Honestly, when your team reached out and pitched you as a guest, there was zero hesitation on my part. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. (laughs) I'm very excited to be here. This is my first podcast interview. (laughs) Really? Oh, my goodness podcast virgin i'm really excited yeah i'm your first (laughs) i've been listening to your show and it's it's it's
1: so cool you've been doing it for a while it's it's very entertaining thank you
0: (laughs) i appreciate that so much yeah we're i just started season three um a couple weeks ago and it's been a journey for sure but it's so much fun so well lisa you're the ceo of an orthotics and prosthetics company Right,
1: yes, ma'am. Innovative prosthetics.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome, very cool. I can't begin to you know fathom how rewarding your job must be.
1: It's funny because um, I'm on the business side, so I don't get a ton of interaction with the patient. But mm-hmm. when I start to feel like I don't understand why why I'm doing this or it's start just a super frustrating day, I'll go out and see the patient and it just it brings me back to center and so yes it, it in that aspect it's very rewarding i get to see the delivery videos they uh, the practitioners send those over the group emails once the patient's delivered and those are always really cool to see
0: oh that's so neat
1: yeah see the patients taking their steps so that's really cool that's rewarding
0: now what do you what do you have to be to like what's the job title to fit you know prosthetics and is, is it like through physical therapy or? So to be a
1: practitioner, you have to get the, the master's degree now. And there's oh. a handful of schools across the nation that offer that program. And there's actually one here in Dallas that's very, it's just a phenomenal program. It's UT Southwestern. And then um, Northwestern in Chicago has a really good program. So those are the two most popular ones that I've seen.
0: That's so cool. <laughs> What got you interested in this field? Like, what, what's your background?
1: So I kind of just fell into it. it. It's a pretty cool story. My, um, I was in restaurants for, for the longest time. I, I really liked the hospitality industry. And mm-hmm. um, I was bartending at this restaurant called Jaspers was the last place that I worked. And my, um, my best customer was a prosthetist. And he used to come over after work and just tip me like ridiculous money, like $400 <laughs> on a beer
0: <laughs> and, oh my God.
1: and try to get me to come work for him. And, you know, I laughed it off for like a year or so. And then things started to get tight at the restaurant. So I gave it a shot. Um, I worked for him during the day and I worked at the restaurant at night. And eventually I just transitioned over um, and I, I worked my way up. I did everything on the business side. I did billing, administration, office management, project management, compliance, opening team, and then um, in 2016 when I told him that I wanted to go out on my own, he gave me my seed money, and in February of 2018 I paid him back. So, um, oh we, my
0: gosh!
1: Yeah, we uh, we still stay friendly to this day. So it's pretty pretty cool American dream story.
0: <laughs> That's awesome that he was so supportive. So what? what exactly is a is a prosthetist do they do they make the prosthetics or yes so um they
1: know how to make them most of the time the fabrication is done by a technician but Mm. they they are responsible for casting and measuring and developing the care plan and selecting components with the patient and and doing the getting the right fit and, and getting the right measurements and actually treating the patient. So they're the equivalent of the doctor in our setting. Okay. We're considered an allied professional, I think.
0: I feel like you'd almost need more of an engineering degree <laughs> for for a lot of this. We do get a ton of biomedical engineer students interested in um,
1: becoming practitioners. So
0: that's so cool. <laughs> you went to school for business, obviously, and then just kind of. No, actually, actually I, ha- I have maybe a half a semester of
1: college. <laughs> so everything oh my I've, god! <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've never been the best student, but I am a super hard worker, and I have probably. Oh, my gosh. I bet you I have a master's degree in continuing education credits. (laughs) uh, I've taken so many uh, seminars and continuing education things. I've just I've never been to college.
0: That's really cool um, (laughs) that you've that you've done all of this and been able to, you know, grow this business so much and that's so wild, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't mean this in a bad way. You're, you're the first person I've had on here that hasn't had like a college background, but you know, in this feel, I mean, like you've just done, you've done so much. You have you have what like three different clinics right now where people can get fitted for their prosthetics. Uh, right now, we only have the stuff like in the Waco office. Um, so we oh, have okay. two and um. Uh,
1: I have a new venture coming up that will be multiple offices in the, in the Dallas uh, state of Texas. So it's, um, it's pretty cool, but yeah, I'm honored to be the first person with no college on your show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I was, I was looking through, you know, your website and stuff last night and just looking at the, the business model. I mean, it's so cool that you have, you have like mobile units, right?
1: Yes, we have the mobile
0: business model.
1: Mm-hmm. We go to the patients.
0: That's so helpful because, you know, you think about you know, these these people who might be like a fresh amputee and, you know, just figuring out how to get somewhere, you know, is is that something where you would do they start any type of this in the hospital? Do you know like if it's someone who just like recently had to have, you know, has diabetes and, you know, lost their leg or something like that? Yes. So, we work
1: really closely with um, a couple of limb salvage clinics and then the hospitals as well. So, most of our patients are vascular. They lose their limbs to vascular disease or diabetes. Mm-hmm they'll try for years and years to try to save these limbs and not really know that there's quality of life if you if you do go ahead and decide to do the amputation mm-hmm. everybody thinks that it's traumatic and um it's crazy to think that a lot of times these people have to decide to cut a limb off so yeah um but yes the process definitely starts in the hospitals it, we try to advertise being available at any stage in the process so if they want oh, to talk okay. to anybody before they make that decision, we're available. Mm-hmm. We have patient advocates that can help that um, and kind of tell them about their story and their successes after amputation. Well, it's um, you know it's just it's it's a very life changing
0: event. So it's it's nice to have yeah. all the support you can. No, for sure. Okay, so you you primarily work with vascular patients um do you ever work with people who are more athletic or or i guess you know everyone everyone remembers like the olympics where it was a double leg amputee runner you know right Mm -hmm. like do you make those types of prosthetics do you cater to that in population as well or is that like a you know you can buy one prosthetic in for you know everyday life but then you know, if you have a more active lifestyle that you would switch? Or are they multifaceted? I I, I know so little about this world. <laughs> so yes, you can uh, tell me anything and I'm going to be excited about it. So
1: we work with um, all all age groups, anybody in all functional levels. Mm. So our primary population is, is older and vascular disease, but we do have a handful of younger people, athletics. Um, I have one who's really great. She's a gymnast. You can um, see her video on our, our YouTube site. She's so impressive and she has two different legs that she one she wears for when she's in the gym. She's got the, the blade that you see and mm-hmm. then um, she has a regular uh, prosthesis for everyday ambulation. Everything we do is custom, so it's really patient uh, preference, patient ability, um, and just trying to find the best fit for the patient's lifestyle
0: what is like an everyday prosthesis like I feel like I I mean does it look is there work done to make it look like an actual foot like say like a, a woman wants to wear a heel or something like that like how do you go about like adjusting that so you know if if someone wants to keep wearing keep wearing their heels or keep wearing you know like a Cute strappy sandal or something like that. Is it like a? Is that a thing? Like to try and make them look like a foot, or you know, just be like empowered either way. You know, be like, well, this is my leg. This is this. But I. Is there like a lift or are they adjustable? (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm not offending in any way, shape, or form. But like, you know, it's just it's such a cool you know science of trying to. You know, it adjust, but like also not take away everything from someone. You For know? sure,
1: absolutely. So it's um, it's really up to the patient. There's we can make it custom in so many different ways. the The socket portion can be super designer. Like you can pick out designs and colors and fabrics and t-shirts and or you can do there's these foam covers that you can shape to Mm -hmm. look like the actual limb to be to give it a more anatomical anatomically correct look so you can do it either way like if it was me I think I would probably go for the more mechanical look like the Mm -hmm. more of a robot I think I would probably just lean right into it but yeah embrace the
0: bionic nature exactly yes great way to say that
1: <laughs> my uh, but some of the patients are they would prefer a more you know uh, like almost to not be spotted so right so we can do it either way. Um, and there is products out there that um, can be adjusted for lifestyle. Um, I actually have a patient who I'm so proud of him he is um, just jumped right into this, embraced his amputee and he's designing this foot, um, it's called the lifestyle leg. It's adjustable. Um, his big inspiration was he, uh, he was on a cruise with his wife and he wanted to go swimming and scuba diving. And, um, he needed the, to be able to flex his foot and, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to extended degrees more than a regular foot. So he's developed this, this foot. It's just, um, it hasn't really hit the market yet, but it's coming soon. So to answer your question about the women's footwear, there is components out there that can accommodate
0: that. That's so wild. Yeah. (laughs) You know, the people designing and like creating prosthetics, I feel like if I were ever in in that situation, I would want something, you know, that was made by someone who had experience, personal experience in that, like, you know, like, well, this makes it more comfortable. This m- makes it more support. This allows me to, you know, function more. I I, I don't even know the proper language here. Um, <laughs> but like your actual limb versus like your prosthetic limb and trying to make them, you know, as equal as possible or, you know, go winter soldier, you know, and you have this like super right. strong bionic arm.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I have a... Um... Several amputees on staff, that, um, and I try to give them full creative freedom to have the best limb that they or whatever design they want to do. So um, I have a practitioner right now who's just coming on board and he's trying to decide what he wants to do for his socket. I think the last I heard, he had picked like this bright yellow chrome, which I'm oh, I'm real- <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm super excited to see how it turns out. <laughs> That's awesome. Hold up. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And now back to the show. When I started, you know, researching you and kind of prepping for, you know, this podcast, I've had two very, very memorable patients that I've taken care of in the NICU who, you know, came to us for a consult, but, you know, they had brachial, like, well, they had arterial lines placed, but they were placed in in a poor position uh, for a preemie. You know, thinking about like the medical community here will will know what I'm talking about with like, you know, a, a 23, 24 weeker, you aren't going to put a peripheral art line in your brachial artery. Mm-hmm. I'll circle back. One patient totally lost an arm. Just to like right above the elbow joint because of this, yeah. Yes, and she she was like, I think like twenty eight weeks when she came to us for this, and then another patient had an umbilical art line that migrated and they lost. You know, this is like a so it it does not happen very often, thankfully, but it is one of the big things that can happen. And why you always have to check like your cap refill and your perfusion and your extremities with art lines. But another um patient lost her whole leg again in like a preemie, uh sense. Like it was maybe, maybe like a centimeter below her her hip joint. Oh goodness. Yeah. So quite, quite jarring, you know, yeah. but also, you know, when they're that young, like that's that's all they're ever gonna know. Right. right. But I guess when you're making prosthetics and like fitting, you know, kids and stuff for this, are they are they made so that they can grow with a child? I just, you know, I I think about the cost and, and I would hope, you know, that, you know, insurance companies would cover that. But that's a whole other question. But for like sustainability wise, like, can you can you make a prosthetic to grow with the child with like how quickly they grow?
1: To a certain degree, but most of the time, insurance covers everything that's medically necessary
0: and within okay. pol-
1: policy and benefit coverages, all of that. So, with a child growing, there's always going to be medical necessity for it. Basically, mm-hmm. outgrow it. There is some, you know, it should be good for a certain amount of time, but mm-hmm. uh, like this, the fit of the socket, the um, the portion of the prosthesis, that the residual limb goes into. It's mm-hmm. very important to have a good fit total contact so that you don't get any additional abrasions or, or skin integrity gets yeah. damaged um, because it can cause additional problems and potentially additional amputation. So yeah, you're, for children, they're going to have to, they'll have several prostheses over a lifetime. Um, and even the the elderly population, if they're active or or using it, I mean, rough and tumble day to day where it wears out your liners mm-hmm. and your, your limbs always changing. I don't, you've got to think if oh. you have a super salty meal, you're going to, I don't know. I don't yeah. know about you, but like, if I have a Red Bull, my hands swell
0: up because there's something. Oh, salt I know. in them. <laughs> I get, I get quite bloated yeah. um, sometimes. So that, I get a little puffy.
1: Right, so that happens to patients too, except it affects their ability to walk or to use their their upper extremity. So it's oh. something that you have to be able to accommodate um, mm-hmm. during, you know, day to day care, like how to use and how to wear. Um, but eventually, if your limb changes drastically enough, then there's medical necessity for a new socket.
0: Do insurance companies cover multiple limbs? Like like we are talking about, if you want something if you, if you need something for the gym versus something for like everyday use?
1: Not typically. Um, I do have some extraordinarily talented billers on my staff that have been able to (laughs) navigate policy and they've gotten some, some interesting stuff approved. Um, But just for those, those have been outlier cases, but for basic, Mm Uh, necessity. they're like insurance companies are looking to cover least costly, most effective type coverage.
0: So I guess that that's another question. And I almost feel like some of these I was looking at the different you know types of prosthetics that you guys offer. and it almost feels like buying a car like you you can upgrade to this or like you can have this type of feature or, you know, are there certain, things that are like covered up to a certain point or is it like the whole limb is the whole Cadillac? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's
1: four functional levels in uh, lower limb ambulation that's classified mm-hmm. universally across the board. So um, a patient can be a K1, a K2, a K3, or a K4 to qualify for prosthetics. Um, and each level like a K one is the lower level and K four is the higher K four is going to be like your Olympic athletes. Um, So those are going to be super active. Uh, There's components that match the, that coordinate with those K levels that are appropriate for that, that level of a patient ambulation. And as long as you can support that with your documentation, that's what insurance will cover. So like a K one patient would, qualify for K1 components, but
0: not A4 mm-hmm. components. Wow, there's a whole there's there's so many like layers and like <laughs> sciences <Yeah>. to, <laughs> to this. It's a very, very interesting
1: profession. And it it's um there's so many caveats and facets on top of it being super niche. So there's a lot. Like yeah. you'll, you'll never get bored, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> no. No. I, I feel like you know, like in nursing, you know, there's something that you learn every day. I mean, I can only imagine, especially with like, you know, orthotics and prosthetics that you would, you would constantly be learning. Right. And the the
1: components, the innovation is, it's always ongoing. It's so cool. All the stuff that comes out The I don't know if you've seen the motorized digits on or the computerized digits on the upper extremities. Like some of those videos. I did see that. It was like, it's like
0: connected to, to an app or something.
1: Yeah. Like there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Some of them have an iPod that comes with it, it tracks your steps and it's got an app and there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there, but it's super cool. Super cool to see.
0: You know, I guess I (laughs) can't, when I think about hands, I think about, you know, Star Wars and them (laughs) like. (laughs) it's <laughs> gonna be a terrible nail I really hope I'm not offending anybody um <laughs> but I'm just so I'm just so curious because uh I love science fiction you know but I feel like you know looking at how these different limbs and stuff are being made it it's it's more science less science fiction right if that makes sense like we're, we're reaching that level where it, it's like it should like, it seems like it should be fantasy and like fiction, but it's, but it's, it's, it's actual science and science is elevating to that point. And yeah, I I said it in a podcast a a couple of weeks ago, but I was like, magic's just unexplained science. Um, (laughs) but it just see, it is that, I mean, if you can't answer this, that's really fine. But is that something where, you know, is science leading to that where they can have some sort of interaction with, with nerves and be able to like trigger the nerves to do these? Or is that going to, you think, stay like more, oh my God, that's so cool.
1: Yeah. They have that, um, the upper extremities. That's how they get the the digits to move when their hand is gone. Um, they're, they're connecting to the nerve endings. Like, that's what takes a really long time in an upper extremity fitting is is finding the the myoelectric site. It, but it, when it works, man, super
0: cool! <laughs> I just got out of the shower. My hair's wet. I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt in my closet. But like, I wish y'all could <laughs> see my face right now because I am just like, whoa! <laughs> Science is so cool. Yeah. Like it's it's so so cool. I love I love seeing all these women in these STEM careers and biomedical engineers. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, this is this is so wild.
1: I've got this uh, intern relationship with uh, the Ursuline Academy uh, here local in town, and they, the the it's an all girls school, and they've got a really mm-hmm. killer STEM program, and they're um, love these, this. Yeah, these kids are so badass I'm so proud of these little women coming up like they come over and they're so organized and they're so dedicated and they're so ambitious and and knowledgeable and intelligent and it's it's just really cool they come over and they'll work you know part-time in the summer or something and work in the lab and do some fabrication or shadow some clinical appointments and they're just it's really exciting to see this generation that's coming up they're
0: They're so empowered and um,
1: it's just really cool. So I'm a big fan.
0: (laughs) Well, I love to see it. (laughs) I mean, it just makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Just a sec, guys. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right. And we're back. You have a lab that you actually create these pizzas in
1: so we do the custom portion in-house um, the socket okay. we'll do that fabrication in-house it's like a hard componentry like the feet knees and ankles uh, that we'll order and assemble to the custom socket that we make the um those are that's a whole nother animal like we don't make feet or anything like that
0: mm-hmm. yeah say what does what is an actual like limb cost you know if you had to do like a below the knee amputation what what's like a standard cost for a limb like like a k1 level versus a k4 level oh wow so i mean it's it's
1: there's a oh, wide spectrum i've seen them for anywhere from $2,500 all the way up to $120,000 so wow. yeah there's some very cool stuff out there but
0: it costs Money. You can buy a Tesla for for that. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> the Tesla probably connects to your prosthesis somehow. I just haven't figured it out.
0: <laughs> you know what? <and laughs> Elon Musk is probably doing that in his like He's working on that lab wherever <laughs> yeah. he is. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <You laughs> no, but then thinking about driving, well, those cars are self can be self driving anyways. But if that could be like a depending on which you know leg yeah oh we're, get, we're getting weird sci-fi right now <laughs> no <laughs> it's it's true like um yeah like there's
1: modifications that can be done to your car so where they can drive with their hands, mm-hmm. um like hand controls instead of the foot pedals or some yes, patients yeah. just learn how to drive with it uh-huh. um, i have a practitioner who just came on and we were out doing some marketing the other day and i I asked him to drive so that he could, uh, so that I could do emails. He, he looked at me funny I, you know, forgot he was an amputee. He's like, all right. He's like, just give me a minute to get, to get situated. So he was a little heavy on the gas for a minute, but he worked it out.
0: <laughs> so. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I love that this is available for people mm-hmm. and I, I love the support aspect to that you guys offer you know I think that's so important like right off the bat to have patient advocacy especially in like Mm -hmm. a life altering body altering you know situation Mm -hmm. like this there's a really good uh, nationwide support group
1: the ACA um, and they are they just offer amazing support their website's phenomenal they started a a, um, a movement for, limp, um, they made April National Limb Loss Awareness Month, which is really cool. Oh. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going on, really cool stuff for amputees going on in April. It's affected a little bit last year and this year by COVID, but uh, mm-hmm. next year you should see some really cool events.
0: That's really amazing. Yeah. I'm going to have to make sure I do like a, a post or something and. You know, just kind of bring awareness to that.
1: For sure. Too. I'll
0: well, send you some links. Um, yeah, we, we, I would we try love to that. post a lot during that. So. Okay. So I know you were talking about your practitioners and stuff are developing kind of design like their own limbs. But are, is it a thought for you and like your team to ever kind of develop your own line or like patents for prosthetic limbs? I mean, I'm not
1: opposed to any of that. I don't have any of that in the works right now, but I think mm. that that would be amazing. The innovation of it is just all super cool. I would love to be able to offer that one day. That'd just be wild. I think you just gave me something for my vision
0: board. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Please <laughs> put you. it out there. <laughs> okay, so I don't I don't know how well this will translate, you know, via a podcast, but you know, just again scrolling through and like researching like the website and stuff like that like what what does it mean to like the technology behind it like propulsion technology or like micro pressure microprocessor technology like what what does that mean <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: So propulsion technology
1: is is on the bracing side which I'm just getting into we've been um, mm. primarily uh, prosthetics for years we're just starting to get into the orthotic um which is all the bracing so propulsion technology is used in like the kfos um it's to stabilize knees it's for uh like knock need and, and bow-legged people it kind of stabilize. oh i'm very knock
0: need i'm gonna have are to come you? down into you <laughs> yeah can you straighten that out <laughs> i can't but i can
1: put you with somebody who probably can't <laughs> okay <laughs> um and then the microprocessors are just that's the computerized Um, component. There's microprocessor Mm. knees and microprocessor ankles and uh, microprocessor upper extremities. If it's not a microprocessor, then it's a mechanical, you mechanically maneuver the device.
0: Okay. Is that, again, like if you can't speak to this, like I totally understand, but is the microprocessor technology, is that something that can help paralyzed patients walk um, I don't think so, but it's, it's beyond okay. my my knowledge. I'm on the the business okay. side. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if there's any <laughs> biomedical text listening, like yeah. um, or engineers that can speak to that, please slide in my DMs because I want to talk to you.
1: <laughs> right? From what um, the practitioners tell the patients, it, it's not going to make you do anything that you weren't able to do before. So, okay, uh, if that helps
0: you gotcha no leaping over sure. like bridges and stuff like that no <laughs> obviously it's an incredibly it can be incredibly devastating you know obviously i'm not speaking from personal you know uh, experience you know but like you know losing a limb or like a digit even um people have that phantom pain you know it's it's a loss it's it's something that's been taken from your body right and i just think it's it's just so valuable the the work and you know the business model that you guys have to you know accommodate your patients so much and you know honestly give them like a a new lease on you know lease and quality of life thank you it's
1: It's nice to hear that sometimes you can get wrapped up in
0: the the problem,
1: so I appreciate that that's
0: heartwarming. <laughs> <laughs> well it's deserved (laughs) what's what's next for lisa morgan you you were you actually were named i saw this too uh the 2019 o and p woman of the year that's awesome
1: super i was not expecting that at all (laughs) you should (laughs) have seen my face like i was up there with all these incredible women who (laughs) have like just one woman like ran 11 offices or and other women had done camps for APT children and I just wasn't expecting it at all so I was super honored to receive that that was really cool
0: that's amazing
1: <laughs> what's next for me is I have a have um, partnered up with um some extraordinary gentlemen from the um, northwest portion of the country that um are three CPOs they are extremely successful and knowledgeable in a clinical setting for prosthetics mm, okay. and, and orthotics and I have had success and knowledge in the mobile aspect. So mm-hmm. they're coming to Texas and we're we're coming together on a venture called uh, Tops which is Texas Orthotic and Prosthetic Services and we're going to merge oh, cool. our our knowledge. Yeah, I'm going to be their operations manager for the state of Texas and we're just about to offer this really kick-ass, full-service O&P clinic um, and mobile setting. And then we're going to do the prosthetics and the orthotics and the diabetic shoes. And I hope one day we'll um, get into the mastectomy, hopefully. Um, oh, neat. Yeah, just um, I've got all these crazy ideas for all these awesome things, we services that we could offer to the patient um, just to make it give them the opportunity to be more successful so
0: yeah that's what's
1: next for me so I'm really excited
0: and you you mentioned mastectomies what sort of prosthetic would that be you know I mean I, I know a lot of women go for like reconstructive you know mm-hmm. plastic surgery and stuff like that but is is there an option you know for for women that that don't want to do that route don't want to have more surgery or
1: yeah it's considered a prosthesis it's um I don't honestly don't know a whole lot about it um other than it's oh, okay. uh, kind of like a uh an already filled out brawl um okay but my knowledge on it is super limited it's just kind of something that I wanted to be able to get into I know that there's a ton yeah. of meat out there with the oncology and um mm-hmm. it would be I think that would be another rewarding aspect
0: to participate in Yeah for sure <laughs> I do I do have one last question. Sure. <laughs> and I'm guessing the answer is no. But do you ever do like special orders for pets or um I mean I know that's such like a unique world too, like animal rehabilitation, but I feel like they're doing so much stuff now, you know, with animals that like lose a limb or or lose like the use of the back legs and they have those like little carts like is that Mm -hmm. anything in your world at all probably not but I just think that's really cool
1: it is really cool um we haven't done it we've get we've gotten a couple calls for pets here and there but Mm -hmm. um we haven't done it in the past it's funny we were just talking about doing that for uh really for limb loss awareness yeah but if there I reached out there's a, a gentleman who seems to have mastered it he's on uh, instagram under bionic pets he started I'll off yeah he started off as a um he calls it a human CPO, which is a <laughs> certified orthodontist, and then he's transitioned over into the the pet world so i've reached out to him and hoping we can connect our superpowers and do something really cool but um i'm just not really sure if it's it if, I mean, do we need a veterinarian to be involved in this for animal anatomy? That's a,
0: I'm, I'm yeah, sure. probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I would I, love to. That's my gut reaction yeah. is yes. <laughs> yeah. With all your nurse nurse brain knowledge, like there's definitely <laughs> yeah. need
1: to be a professional in the room.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's us. Like y'all are professionals. But like, I think like having like a, a veterinarian, like, or like, I know they have like physical therapy for uh, pets and stuff too, like even something like that, just a, you know, knowledge of all the pet anatomy for sure. Right. This has been such a fun conversation. Uh, it has. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find you? Do you have, you know, social media or like anyone who needs to get in contact or has questions? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and, and Instagram and Facebook,
1: even though I don't fully know how to use it, but I am on there. (laughs) (laughs) And uh yeah, and people can email me or or call me anytime, anybody that talk. My website is innprosthetics.com. And my email is Lisa.morgan at innprosthetics.com.
0: Awesome. Well make sure to include that in the show notes as well. But thank you again for all that you're doing. This has been lovely getting to know you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa Morgan, for taking the time to speak to the WOMED community this week. Please make sure to check out Innovative Prosthetics on Insta at Innovative Prosthetics, all spelled out. Again, you can connect with Lisa on LinkedIn or by email, lisa.morgan at prosthetics. .com If you have a second to like, rate, subscribe or review to the Womed on whatever platforms you listen to podcast, I would be so grateful. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I love y'all. Till next week. Womed out.